We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Waiting on uh, on Kyle to join us. Hope everyone is enjoying their Monday. Welcome to the uh, Candlestick Chronicles live recording on Locker Room. Um, hey, thanks, Kev. Appreciate that. Um, so yeah, well, I think we're gonna talk about quarterbacks. I don't know if you guys uh, want to continue that discussion or not, but it's <laughs> we're 24 days out, and I and I think it's gonna be a really intriguing topic. Basically until draft time. And I know, and I know people are tired of, of maybe hearing Mac Jones, um, hearing his name connected to the 49ers. And I, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't think the pick is going to be Mac Jones. And I think, you know, I'll reiterate what I've said in, in a few different pods. I just, you know, after watching all these guys a lot and admittedly, I'm not a scout. I don't work for a team, but I just, you know, I don't know how you can look at Mac Jones and, and come to the conclusion that that's the best way to to run your team and make a, fran- a, a franchise-altering decision if you're Kyle Shanahan to trade up three, three first-round picks for, uh, for Mac Jones. So we'll talk about that. Um, a few of you guys have sent in speaker requests. We will get to that in a little bit. Still waiting on Kyle. Um, so... 
we will uh we will get we will get to this conversation. Hey, there's Kyle. Uh yeah. No, I just I got a text from you that said we're live and then I was waiting on a link and then I realized that I do that on my own now. So, I had Yeah. Still had getting to, used to this whole yeah. locker room thing. Yeah, definitely, but I like it. So, I'll keep, um, I'll keep doing that and eventually I'll learn. <laughs> Um, did you did you want to get your A's ran off real quick? No, I, I don't have to, anything like, else to say. The A's, A's stink, dude. The Oakland A's stink. Okay. I'm a huge A's fan. I, I'm a diehard Oakland A's fan. They stink. And the fact that they're just going to continue to do this, like, just kind of slow plod through mediocrity as they slowly tear their team down. Like, if they're not going to give a damn about winning, why should I give a damn about them? So I'm with you. I'm just – I'm going to cruise through this season. I'm still an A's fan, and I'm still going to pay attention here and there, but – I'm not going to live and die with every pitch uh, like I typically do. And um, when they're out of the race, I will take more joy in watching uh, teams that have good players. The good news for the A's is you do have a tendency to be reactionary sometimes. And so the A's, Me? as bad as they are, they have an opportunity to, to rebound despite not having a lead it's in the first five games. Right. I went to the game on Saturday. Oof, it was I'm my sorry. Yeah, it was well. It was a great time because we got to go with some buddies and uh, drink some beer in the parking lot and be around mm-hmm. other humans, which was excellent. Um, but yeah, the game itself not, not so great. Uh, <laughs> Brent, but yeah. Brent, Brent wants to do the Warriors next. The Warriors are screwed because their ownership is not going to let them tank, which is what they need to do. If we're keeping it a whole buck. Yeah, I just think it's awkward. Like I, I totally understand the. Um, the viewpoint people have of like, they're not really developing anyone. They're kind of treading <laughs> water in no man's land. I just do want to see what it looks like with Clayback before no, like deciding I, but, whether dude, or not, but, before no, but, deciding whether or not to keep Steve Kerr. Like, let's just mm-hmm. see what that looks like before we like make any grand judgments about this. Cause Wiseman will be a year older. Maybe Jordan Poole will be a little bit more comfortable. Um, you're going to have another draft pick or at least maybe trade for another player. Let's like see what that looks like before we judge. Before we make any sweep, the, the and that's problem, just my the take. problem is the problem is like when you watch the Warriors, it's not like oh man, they're a Clay Thompson away. They're a Clay Thompson away from like being okay an eight seed. Like they need a lot, and they they're they dude they stink. They have too many not NBA players. Let's talk about the Forty ers Okay, let's do that. I was uh, <laughs> I was briefly hitting on the idea that I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones. Um, which we've talked about a lot, so yeah. I don't want to keep harping on that, but it's just going to be something we have to talk about because we have to talk about really, I think we have to talk about four guys and maybe that's an interest, a more interesting way to frame it because, mm-hmm. um, as much as everybody is saying it's Zach Wilson, I think there's a chance with more, more, with more than three weeks out that it's not Zach Wilson. It might be Justin Fields or it might be Trey Lance because, you know, maybe the 49ers can Jedi mind trick the Jets into, into taking Mac Jones. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, until there's the like an jet- actual report, until there's an act, whoop, can you hear me? Yeah, Jedi mind trick the Jets into taking Mac Jones. I'm just saying, with more than three weeks left, like I, I don't want to just set it in stone until we see like an actual report that says the Jets are are firmly in the uh, in in the Zach Wilson. Can't like they've they've finalized that decision. I I think it's worth oh, it's worth leaving a chance like leaving open the opportunity that that's not where they go. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think so. I actually just wrote about this over at NinersWire.com. 
the Sam Darnold trade obviously takes any shenanigans off the table where they draft, they, the Jets, like draft Kyle Pitts or trade out of the number two spot. It, it was a long shot anyways, mm-hmm. but the opportunity for that is now gone. So now it just turns to which quarterback are they going to take? And I've seen, I think it was Todd McShay said, you can write it in pen. Um, Zach Wilson's going number two, but Joe Douglas, the Jets GM from, what I understand is not telling anybody, like not even the coaching staff, who he's who he's picking. Right. So, well, they I, probably I think, have an idea it's going to be a quarterback because they just traded mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. They. They. they <laughs> I was reading. When questions. I say when I say who they're picking, I mean which quarterback they're picking. Right. Okay. And it seems like it's going to be Zach Wilson, but there's still room. Like, dude, Justin Fields is an awesome prospect. The idea that Justin Fields would go second in the draft is not outrageous. If Zach Wilson didn't exist, I think it would be like home run Justin Fields going second. Yeah, I agree. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not shutting the door on Zach Wilson being available number three. And if that happens, things get really, really interesting from, from the 49ers perspective. Yeah. So Sam Darnold gets traded today for a second round pick. A fourth round pick and a sixth round pick. I believe yeah. I have that right. Wild um, stuff. A sixth this year, fourth, a second and a fourth next year. Which speaks to, I think, I, I don't, I can't think of somebody who was, who's so polarizing, like as Sam Darnold, because there, there are people, like smart people who still pound the table for him and still think he could be a franchise guy. And there are a lot of other smart people who are just completely out because he's been, so bad on the Jets the last couple of years. And I mean, to me, this, this is way more than I would pay for Sam Darnold. I get it. If you're Carolina, I think a lot of people, you know, the, a lot of the, the Twitter takes, uh, when the trade first came down was, Oh, this must mean the, the Panthers like Mac Jones or, or sorry, the Panthers think Mac Jones is going three to the Niners. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I think it means the Panthers don't like Mac Jones. <laughs> like, uh, I think they, they would rather use that pick on, you know, a potentially elite player at his position rather than the fifth best quarterback in his draft class. Or the Panthers um, have called around, or the Panthers have called around and they can't move up. Yeah. And they don't yeah. think there's going to be a quarterback. Like, yeah. Know. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I, so Sam Darnold goes for a lot. I think that's clearly more than the 49ers would have been willing to pay for him. I think it would have been mostly a lateral move at this point from Jimmy Garoppolo. And it might be a little bit tougher to project because he hasn't played in the offense before. It's a new team, completely new surroundings. Like you sort of know what you're getting from Jimmy Garoppolo if he plays. So maybe you don't really know what you're getting from Jimmy Garoppolo. Anyway, the, the point is that price is, it's very clear why the 49ers didn't make that trade, right? It was, it was pretty unpalatable for them. Um, and as Peter King wrote, which I thought was interesting, uh, he doesn't think the 49ers are going to move on from Garoppolo at all. Um, and that sort of echoes, I think, what Albert Breers reported, saying they, the Niners would do it for a first-round pick. Obviously, Garoppolo's value right now isn't anywhere near that, but it speaks to, like, how much they they need depth in the quarterback room, because if they were to trade Garoppolo, then they would just need to get somebody else, somebody else who would who you would feel playing comf- – who who you would feel comfortable playing a lot of snaps during the season because the assumption would be, well, they might not get a quarterback, a rookie quarterback that they would be comfortable starting with right away. So 
Um, there's, you know, there, there's a lot to, to dissect, I guess, going into that. We're going to have plenty of time, but to me, just reading the tea leaves and, and doing, you know, talking to people and trying to figure things out. I think all signs are pointing to the 49ers keeping Garoppolo like Peter King reported. Um, and, and, at least letting him compete for the starting job. I, I don't think it would be an unhealthy situation at all to have Jimmy Garoppolo and a highly drafted rookie competing for the starting job. Um, the rookie would probably be more talented and you wouldn't have to worry about his health as much while Garoppolo knows the system and has played in a lot of big games with the 49ers. So it would be a really fascinating competition. But that's how I think ultimately, no matter who they pick, this is shaping up because – it just wouldn't make sense for the 49ers to trade Garoppolo while, while his value is low. And frankly, looking around the league, I don't know who's in a position to give the 49ers, you know, even a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo based on how last year went. So I think right now Garoppolo is more valuable to the 49ers because they have a chance to rebuild that trade value if he plays a lot. And then, and then potentially you could flip him for a second or maybe even a first round pick. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I not not anything really to add to what you said. I think we're pretty much in lockstep on the Garoppolo thing. Okay. The other the other thing with that though, along with everything you said, is I personally, if I'm the 49ers, feel a lot better about my quarterback room if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, pick a pick a quarterback at the top. I don't want to make it a discussion about who it is. But Garoppolo and then one of Lance, Wilson, Fields, or Jones, and then Rosen or Josh Johnson instead of one of those rookies, Josh Rosen, Josh Johnson, is the quarterback room. Like, they're trying to improve the quarterback room, not make it actively worse. Right, right. And and Garoppolo is still an asset. I know people don't don't love Garoppolo, but he's still an asset. He's still a quarterback. And the point being, with Sam Darnold fetching three first-round picks in a trade, you could potentially get a nice haul for Garoppolo if you're able to get a full season out of him while also giving you time to develop that rookie. So um, there was a question in the chat I I did want to get to because I listened to it last night. Um, Josh Olson asks, uh, what did we think of uh, Mike Tenenbaum on the Matt Mayoko pod? Um, So (laughs) I, I think Tenenbaum, you know, like, I think he's a smart guy and obviously well respected. And, and this is just me disagreeing with his opinion. I'm not, um, I'm, I'm really not trying to, to diminish his credibility at all, but this is the guy who traded up for Mark Sanchez, right? Um, so talking about, Ooh. well, you can win with Mac Jones. He's just like, uh, he's, he's just like Matt Schaub and Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. Like that's, that's exactly what I think everybody in the NFL is saying. And I think so many people are saying it that everybody's just got themselves convinced that that's the case where I think if you really watch Mac Jones and you're, and you watch with a critical eye and especially compare him to the other players, like it's just crazy to me that, that he's even in that tier, frankly. And, and yeah. I just don't understand, like I, I completely push back and Chris Sims said this too. And Chris Sims, you know, I think he's a smart guy and does his work. We, I just have a disagreement on, philosophically on football is that Chris Sims thing with, with Mac Jones is you don't trade up for a project. And that's I can, wild. I, and I just completely disagree with that, right? Because like Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs traded up for, he was a project. Yes. He only started one game his first season. Um, Aaron Rodgers was a project. He had to remake his fundamentals. 
and and he sat for three years, he probably wouldn't have sat that long in too many other situations, but he was more he was definitely a project. Josh Allen was a project. And so you're talking about like I, I just think it's crazy to be like, oh, let's let's trade three first round picks just for just for a sure thing that we're comfortable with. Like you're trading three first round picks essentially to give yourself a better shot at having a healthy quarterback. And I, I, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around doing that. And I've said it a few different times on the last few pods since the trade, but like the, one of the most innovative and progressive coaches in the league is just so dead fast on not having an athletic quarterback where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's so many good athletic quarterbacks in the league who make plays outside of structure in ways that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't. So to me, it's going to be, I'm, I feel very comfortable saying, I think it's going to be Trey Lance or, um, or Justin Fields. And, and, you know, what I, I watched the two again today. My opinion still hasn't changed that I think Trey Lance is a better fit for Kyle Shan over Justin, over Justin Fields, but not, it's not always about fit and things like that. Like, you know, what I think translates to Kyle Shanahan's offense might not be exactly what he envisions when he's making this decision, right? Even yeah. though, you know, Trey Lance, was in under center like 30% of his snaps while Justin Fields was like six. And that's courtesy of our, our buddy Nick Wagner, um, our favorite cast member over at ESPN. Love so, cast members. You, <laughs> and, and you look at the offense and, and the movement and the rhythm passing and throwing on the run and the subtle movements he has in the pocket and his ability to evade pressure and keep his eyes upfield. I think he's just a tiny bit better than Justin Fields in those areas. But where it is such a hard projection is like, all right, you have to factor into account that it's against FCS competition and he only had one game in 2020. Now, is that going to be the be-all, end-all? Like, those are not factors that Trey Lance has any control over, right? So, like, the big knock on Trey Lance is his accuracy, and, and I think that's probably right. But I think his accuracy is is not bad. And I think he probably overshot some deep balls and, and he did a lot of things that a lot of 19 year old quarterbacks do. But that's the other part of it is this guy was a starter, went 16 and 0 as a redshirt freshman, albeit in an FCS program, but you watch him play and he was clearly the best guy in the field. It wasn't particularly close, right? Right. So I, I just think there he are a lot no of factors playing in the FCS. Right. If he went to, if he went to Texas, if he went to high school in Texas or Florida, and didn't play in a wing T def- uh, offense like he did in a small school in Minnesota, he might be talked about with, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields as like one of these super crazy recruits, but he mostly went under the radar because he was a two-way guy. He played safety and he looks like he played safety. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like he, he actually is a football player. Like he's a quarterback with, with a lot more football player. Attributes. He's got a linebacker him. mentality, Chris. <laughs> he does have a linebacker mentality. Um, so anyway, that's like for my, my take on, on why Trey Lance to me is better than Justin Fields is just there are a few little areas in quarterbacking where he's just a little bit better. And that's why I think Kyle Shanahan is leaning, would lean that direction. But it's like, you know, everybody thought Jerry Judy was a perfect wide receiver for Kyle Shanahan last year in the draft. And it turns out Judy was like, wasn't a Shanahan favorite, right? Everybody assumed Kyle Shanahan wants this elite route running. Um, and Judy was like, was that to a T? But no, it turns out like Shanahan stylistically likes a little bit more physicality than maybe we were led to believe before that pick. So 
it could be that maybe I'm misreading what Kyle Shanahan wants in his offense. But I think overall, if you just look at the structure of what Ohio State does versus North Dakota State, it's very clear North Dakota State's offense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's much more like what Kyle Shanahan has traditionally run. And maybe Shanahan just likes Fields more and will do more Ohio State things with him in uh, in the offense. But at the same time, is that really the best way to do it? Like, the fact that you think as just a high, as high of a ceiling who you don't really have to disrupt the status quo for. Um, it's a fascinating philosophical discussion, but I guess the point being here is I, I, I do not think it's going to be Mac Jones. And, uh, and hopefully that gives some people solace. I don't think anybody will fully feel comfortable until it's not officially not Mac Jones, but I would be shocked. Do you have any response to any of those things I just said? I need to drink some water. <laughs> the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Tony, you're first up. Can you hear me? Hey, I hear you, but not through my headphones. All right, this works, so what's going on? Not much, man. Um... My question was, why do you think um, all these people are so kind of lazy in their analysis of what Kyle Shanahan wants to do? Like, it feels like the easy thing to say would be like, hey, he wants Mac Jones because this is what he's had in the past. But they always praise him as this innovative, creative, offensive mind. So why would they think that he just wants to stick with something he's had in the past? I just kind of want want like your opinion on that. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's really what's going on is is um is that it's a bunch of people who are just sort of group thinking and have everybody convinced that this is what's going to happen just based on history. And I think the media is running with it. I think the 49ers love that it's out there, so they're not doing anything to slow it down. And mm-hmm. I think it's also a really polarizing topic on like for media and on social media. And it's one of those things that draws a ton of engagement. So even like Adam Schefter, for example, today on get up says, you know, Mac Jones is in the conversation with the other three guys uh, for that number three pick. 
and then what ESPN social team can do because they know Mac Jones really is polarizing among 49ers fans and and a bunch of people will engage with the tweet. They'll say, you know, they'll use the tweet, send it out there, throw some eyeball emojis behind it, and then they'll get their engagement from social media when really all Schefter's saying is Mac Jones is being considered along with Trey Lance and Justin Fields, which isn't necessarily news, right? Like that's just yeah. sort of, that that's just sort of like what what sells in this in this environment we're in where like getting engagement and getting a bunch of replies and retweets um is the goal of a lot of these places. And so yeah, I think a lot of people believe it. I think it's amplified by social media. Um I will only believe it once it finally happens, if it does happen, but I until then, like I'm just very skeptical. Like knowing Kyle Shanahan, I think I think uh my buddy Guy Haberman, if you if you don't subscribe to the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast and watch your stuff on YouTube, you're missing out. But he, I think he made a good point in, in one of his YouTube videos that went up today. Like, Kyle Shanahan's an aggressive guy. You know, like, he was too aggressive in the Super Bowl in twenty after 2016 um, in the second half when the Falcons lost to the Patriots. He was, you know, a lot of people talked about he was too aggressive at the end of the Super Bowl and didn't use the run game enough. Like, I think he generally is aggressive, but what's ultimately happened during his coaching career is he's just kind of landed on these quarterbacks because they've been easily attainable. And yeah. now this is the first time that he's going to have his pick at the very top of the draft board as the head coach while, you know, he's not in a position where other people are making those decisions, right? Like, Washington picked RG3. Him and his dad didn't pick RG3. But they did get Kirk Cousins, right? Yes. yes. Um, you know, he didn't pick Matt Ryan. Uh, he didn't really pick Jimmy Garoppolo because Garoppolo just kind of fell in his lap. And then after, yeah, Garoppolo it was like went, good opportunity, cheap price. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, that yeah. seems like how it's been going. It's either the yeah, guy he's saddled with, or yeah. it's the guy easily attainable. Yeah. So and so, I think that that like if it is Trey Lance or Justin Fields, like I'm expecting, then to me the narrative coming out of it is oh Kyle Shanahan really is this offensive innovator and wants to get this insane athlete who he can mold like, you know, like his dad did with Steve Young and, and John Elway. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the narrative coming out of this. And to me, that makes a whole lot more sense than, oh, Kyle Shanahan likes this guy because he's like Kirk Cousins, who's never really won much in the NFL to begin with. Yeah. Can I, yeah. Can I jump in here real quick? Yeah. So one of the one of the things along these lines – that that has kind of irked me a little bit is this idea that well Shanahan didn't want and maybe you guys said this while I was not in so stop me if you did Shanahan didn't want Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes so obviously he's not going to take Justin Fields or Trey Lance like hey dude that's not a mistake you want to make twice like he knows he messed that up as well so I don't I don't put any stock in the 2017 draft when trying to decipher who the 49ers are going to take number three overall. I think like they're, they're going to take the best player they think can help them win. Yeah, it was a mistake to overlook Mahomes and Watson because you were going to take Cousins, but he was so he realized he could get Cousins, and then the focus for for them was to build out the rest of the right. roster. So when right. you get Cousins in 2018, you're close to being a playoff team. Right. It and was not It was not an infatuation with Cousins. It was a team-building philosophy. Yeah, which was obviously wrong, 
but right. it, it it's it's not. I don't believe in the idea that Kyle Shanahan only wants that type of quarterback, Same. and Steve Young doesn't. Um, you know, the play action, the bootleg numbers, the stuff under center indicate that Mac Jones didn't do that at all. Right. Um, at Alabama, and he doesn't throw on the run he's, nearly as well as these just, guys. He's just not athletic. That's it. That's yeah. the that's that's it. Like Trey Lance is is plenty accurate. Justin Fields is super accurate. Like it's not an it's not like he's this lights out accurate work from the pocket guy, and everybody else is this uh you know Lamar Jackson. They have to run uh you know a completely different offense to to kind of uh maximize his talent. Like that's not what this is. Yeah. So I I'm I think they traded up because that pocket passer that that he always talks about, you know, you have to be able to drop back and throw in in situations that call for it. There are multiple players who can do that while adding the element of athleticism that the 49ers uh, have gotten torched by and have been missing. That's yeah. why I'm, I, I think it, there is a very, very small chance they're actually going to draft Mac Jones. Kyle Shanahan wants to win Super Bowls, and he knows who he has to go through to get there. And I just cannot, for the life of me, imagining imagine him deciding that Mac Jones is going to be the guy to to beat Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in the NFC, and Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford, and and then potentially Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen in the AFC if he does get to the Super Bowl. Like like Mac Jones is just not that guy. I just don't get it. (laughs) Also, uh, so so what we were talking about when when we had our technical issues there was the whole Chris Sims, you don't trade up for a project quarterback thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can do that if you have a starting quarterback, which the 49ers do. And if they weren't going to trade up this year, if Garoppolo stays healthy, they're picking in the 20s probably next year. Maybe the 30s if everything goes well. And they're not going to be in a position to trade up to get a quarterback. And if they didn't think Garoppolo was a long-term guy, they had to make a they had to make a move, and so they did so this year. Even if they don't need that quarterback right away, which affords them the opportunity to draft a project if they want. So that's why I don't buy the Sims. Well, he's the most NFL ready, so you just, that's who you take. Like, I don't. I disagree. I hard disagree. Yeah, and Tenenbaum essentially said the same thing, and it's like, all right, he traded up for Mark Sanchez. Like that's his. That that's. Where he's coming from in that, like, all right, I feel like I can win with this guy right now. He might not be incredible, but I can project him to be a quality NFL starter. And he wasn't entirely wrong. Like, they had, they went to back to back AFC title games, but it's Mark Sanchez and he's not in the league. And, you know, like, he never really had much of a career in the league. And so I think when you're somebody like Kyle Shanahan who can maximize a quarterback, you get somebody with traits. And the reason, another reason why I think it's going to be Lance is I just think his ceiling is higher than Field, specifically with what Shanahan wants to do. And you just, you're able to just mold him. You're able to get him in your program, prevent him from developing any bad habits that he might in another offense or another system, which mm-hmm. some quarterbacks do in college. Um, and I think that's one of the, one of the benefits of, of going with, with Lance is that he's a year younger. Um, so you still, you know, you, you, if there's an argument for, like, if there's an argument against the idea that you shouldn't pick him because of the inexperience, it's that, well, he's also, this will also be an additional year of his football playing life, playing under Kyle Shanahan to fix his differences. 
rather than maybe developing some bad habits or developing just any habits in an, in a different offense, which are, you know, might hurt you in trying to transition. Um, I think too, I, I think real quick, and I know this isn't the point you were making, but I wanted to point it out since you said it. I think we need to rephrase the inexperience thing with Trey Lance. Okay. Because he has the same number of starts as Mac Jones. There needs to be an element of competition level there. Yeah, I like think that's fair. High level experience, um, whatever you want to say. I just don't want that to turn into a thing. Yeah, like, oh, I got Lance it. only has 17 starts. Well, so does Mac Jones. Yeah. But I get, I know what you're saying. Um, all right. 17 let's get... FCS starts is different than 17, uh, SEC starts. Let's get Kyle back in here so I can hear him say whatever he said when I couldn't hear people earlier. You had a great question. I'm looking forward to him asking it. Again. Okay. Uh, yeah. I got Kyle, a... sorry about that, man. No, no worries. No worries. I got a two parter. Um, so Justin Fields seems like the complete package. Um, so what I'm trying to comprehend is why the 49ers would prefer. Mac Jones specifically over Fields. Like, what can Mac Jones do that Justin Fields can't? Process? I don't know. I honestly that, don't have a good answer because I don't believe it. That, thank you. That's it. That's yeah. it, dude. That, it doesn't make any gosh darn sense. I mean, that you know, like maybe there's somebody who thinks that Mac Jones is is like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning level of like processing and uh ball placement and accuracy and timing and all of that but i just don't see it like i think it would be it would be one of those things that's really obvious but you know he there are signs of that but he just i i just don't see a guy who would need to be one of the best pocket passers in the league from the jump to justify this pick in my opinion so i honestly can't watch mac jones and say there's anything maybe aside from the cerebral stuff that I don't know or understand because I'm not a football coach or a scout or whatever. If, but if, there's nothing on the surface level and of like me digging into these guys for two weeks now to, to come up with any conclusion that like makes sense in my end. And maybe that's just me, the fact that I'm not a scout and all that stuff, but I just don't see it. And I think I'm a pretty saying, good, I think I'm a pretty good evaluator of quarterbacks on a surface level. <laughs> if uh, I need that to be the title of this episode on the podcast, um, <laughs> okay, so I I I would love to go to the universe where Mac Jones puts up these exact same numbers for like a nine and three Wisconsin team. Yeah. I don't think he's going third overall in the draft then. Probably or not. I don't think he's being talked about as going third overall in the draft. Yeah, and it would be. You know, like, like, I, like he's not that special. If, like I, just, I don't know. I don't if know. Trey Lance went to LSU instead of North Dakota State, he'd be. It, I think it would be like who's better, him or Trevor Lawrence? Like I, I yeah. think that's how we Agreed. would be discussing this. Yep. So I, I honest, Kyle, I honestly don't know <laughs> what yeah. what people see about Mac Jones that they that they like more than Justin Fields. I think Fields. You know, like, I think Lance is a better fit, but that, that doesn't mean I don't think Fields is an elite prospect. Um, I think he is. I just think a lot of the stuff he did at Ohio State is not going to translate to the NFL, and there might be more of a learning curve than, than people think. Um, I don't think he, he, he plays very fast from the pocket. Uh, I don't think he feels the rush as well as Lance does. Um, I think he brings his eyes down sometimes, but like you want to talk about accuracy and playmaking and all that stuff, he does all that stuff. Um, just to me, 
there there are just a bunch of like little areas where I think Lance is a better fit for Kyle Shanahan. The, yeah, that, that's go ahead, Kyle. That's definitely that's definitely the answer I was hoping for. Um, I guess the second part, I, I was gonna ask something different, but now it makes me think of the Lombardi report from a couple of days ago from the Athletic that there's like an organi- organizational split between two quarterbacks and. Of course, everyone assumes it's like Fields versus Mac or um, Lance versus Mac, but it kind of makes me think if the split is that Shanahan likes Lance and like Lynch and company like Fields, like that's at least what I hope the split is. So, can I? Yeah, can I? Can I, I, I answer think, this one? Yeah, go for it. My, it it'll be quick. Um, it doesn't matter if there's an organizational split; they're going to draft who Kyle Shanahan wants. That's it. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> and I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard to anything to make me believe that there is an organizational shift, but you know, maybe, maybe there is. Um, here's, here's, here's what I, here's what I envision. They went to Mac Jones Pro Day. Kyle Shanahan knows who he wants and it's not Mac Jones. They went to Mac Jones Pro Day and Mac Jones just knocked John Lynch's socks off because Mac Jones, by all accounts, is a great dude. Teammates love him. Coaches love him. He's a really charismatic guy. And I can see where he and John Lynch like super get along. And John Lynch spent ten minutes talking to him and walked away and was like, "Man, that kid's outstanding." That's that's what I'm envisioning happening. Yeah, and it could. I mean, I there ha, there have been some reports over the last few years about discord or disagreement or whatever in the 49ers organization, and they they haven't proven to be true. Um, so I'm not calling in. I'm not you know calling out Michael Lombardi's credibility here, but I do think the 49ers have done a good job le- like preventing leaks, and I just don't know, given all that's at stake right now, I just don't know that this is... I mean, maybe. Maybe it could happen. Maybe maybe people are having disagreements to the point where they decide to leak it to, to people in the media, but I just... I'm not totally buying it, so maybe. But I personally don't don't fully believe it. So, yeah. let's see. Kyle, you got time for the one, other- more, uh, one more guest speaker? Yeah, the other thing about the the Mac Jones thing and being a guy that that Shanahan can win with, because that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, look at all these guys that you know Matt Schaub led the league in passing and Matt Ryan was MVP. Um, if they wanted, if if the Forty ers just wanted a guy that the, they could win with, um, I think they would have held on to all their draft picks and just drafted like Davis Mills or something like that. Yeah. I I I, just, I think they're looking for something more. Nick Mullins got a ton of yards his yes. first his first however many starts. You remember 16. the stat better than I do. <laughs> it's second most passing yards through 16 games, and he's yeah. not a good quarterback. Yeah, so, right, he can get yards from Nick Mullins, but clearly to this point in his career, and particularly this point in his 49ers tenure, that type of quarterback has not, has not yielded Kyle Shanahan anything other than a trip to the Super Bowl. Yep. But yeah, like he can get yards with Mullins. If if it's just getting yards, he can just keep Nick Mullins. <laughs> you know. So anyway, we'll get uh, we'll get Vahe. Vahe, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, nothing much. Um, just regarding the draft, you know, it's such a capture. Like these guys, fifty percent of them are going to be bust. So, um, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I don't believe these rumors because. Our front office, there's really no leaks or anything like that. Um, especially a, a blockbuster trade like this, I don't buy any of it. Um, but Chris, the way you feel about Trey Lance is the 
is the way I feel about uh, Mac Jones. Like, for Trey Lance, I don't really see it. Mac Jones, I don't out like you don't trade three first round picks for him. But if it turns out to be Matt Ryan, is that really the worst thing? I think he's had a pretty good career. I would say um, Trey Lance. I don't see it on the tape, to be honest with you. I, I just when what I watch tape, uh, he does. He has no anticipation. He like he doesn't really go through his reads. He just tucks the ball in and runs, and he's not accurate. And I just I don't really like his tape. And he's too big of a projection to trade three first round picks, in my opinion. I love Justin Fields. That's who who would I take? But I don't see what Trey Lance, to be honest. And he like when he throws, he like winds up. And he dips his hips, and he's just not accurate. He's too big of a projection for me to trade th- three first-round picks. It's just my opinion, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I you know everybody's entitled to their opinion. I I think it's a very subjective thing, right? And like, yeah, unless sure. we're unless we're in the room with Kyle Shanahan breaking it all down, we don't know exactly what he's looking like. So so my thing yeah. with Lance, <laughs> like, I'm not super worried about his accuracy. Like, I think. Um, you know, Josh Allen was another example, and I think he, you know, Justin Fields, I think, averaged over 11 yards a target and still had, what, a 72% true completion percentage, which means he was on target and should have completed 72% of his passes while throwing downfield a lot. Um, so I, I, and I do get the fundamental thing. I know JT O'Sullivan, somebody who I, I spoke to, and, you know, he does a lot of those YouTube videos and, and is a great resource on this stuff. He, he mentioned that, Lance sort of dips his back leg a little bit and might cause him to change his eye level, and that might lead to some accuracy issues. Um, but I think it's fixable, and I and I also think the the release, while it might be a little long, he still gets the ball out quick. And I think the way, just the way he plays, he plays fast enough to to get over that. And I think he's his release is probably going to speed up once he gets in the league. And I just think his arm is ridiculous. And so, um, you know, the progression stuff, I, I think, you know, for me, that's been more about trying to, you know, talk to people and figure out what people smarter than me think about that. And, and the, the feedback I've gotten is that Lance is, is probably more ready to, to play in that offense right now based on his ability to make progressions. Um, but the thing is with fields is like, just because. Uh, he didn't play in that offense and he, it would be asking him to, to do a lot of different stuff. That doesn't necessarily mean he couldn't do it. So I think the, the idea, like where I'm coming from on projecting fields is just him being such a, a smooth fit into Kyle Shanahan's offense and being such a high end prospect for him to mold and work with that, that to me might be easier for Kyle Shanahan to project than somebody who is as talented as Fields, but you but you don't have any any knowing that he's going to be able to adjust to what you want to do, and how much do you want to adjust your offense to that? Like I think that's really the conversation when you're comparing these two. And so for me, I think a lot of it is just a stylistic thing that um, that makes Lance an easier fit. But again, it could be Shanahan just says, "No, I, I like Fields' talent more than Lance overall," even though. Um, all those factors aren't there for me when when it comes to you know fields fit in the offense. So it's going to be a fascinating decision. But I think whatever whatever whoever it is, like I think it clicked for Kyle Shanahan, and he realized I have to go get this guy. So he he has conviction no matter who it is, 
and so I think he has a plan for whatever it's going to look like. Um, you know, whether it's Lance or Fields or God, you know, even Mac Jones, or maybe even it's, uh, maybe it's Zach Wilson. Like, it's, like we said, still can't rule it out. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's, Lance or Fields, like whatever. It just, it's <laughs> one of them. They'll both work. And then, and then I'm really interested to see, and something we talked about earlier was what happens if Zach Wilson falls. Yeah. And is that a player they like? And if not, do they trade back from the third pick that they uh, traded up to? Yeah. Um, Steve Young thinks they like Zach Wilson. Steve Young went on KMBR the last BYU week. Guy. BYU guy. And he said the Niners would love Zach. That would be – he said Zach Wilson would be the best-case scenario for the Niners. Um, but he also said – and I don't know why this hasn't – this didn't make more rounds. But Steve Young said that the Jets are recruiting Zach Wilson's family. At the moment, and obviously, I think they're are they Southern California? I forget. Um, but I think he's a he Southern looks California like he's guy. from Southern. He looks like I guess like help me out. Santa know. Monica, you, Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Okay. I kept, are you, are Santa you, Rosa was the only thing I could think of, and I, I didn't <laughs> want to insult Santa Rosa like that. Um, wow. <laughs> um, really high opinion of, of Zach Wilson, I guess. Um. <laughs> So, I was making, no. I was making fun. Never mind. I was saying okay. how he it, looked. He looks like a, never mind. Okay. It's beyond me. All right. Um, bad joke Young by me. Said, I'll workshop it. We'll come back to it. Go okay. Ahead. Yeah. Steve Young said that, that the Jets are recruiting Zach Wilson's family, which to me would indicate that he's going to be the pick, which a lot of people expect. But, he went to um, high school in Utah. Okay. Right. I remember reading the story about, uh, about he was like delivering food on Postmates or something before. Going back to BYU? Anyway. Um, I think, oh, we got Rob Louder. Give Rob his, his regular. Good booking. Let's get, let's see if Rob has a take for us. Rob, have a take, don't suck. (laughs) Hey guys, what's up, man? Not much, what's going on? Rob, jungle legend. I'm just, uh, chilling in the garage, doing a little bit of work stuff, things. Um, okay. I don't know. Like, to me, with the whole Fields versus – at this point, it's kind of like anything but Matt Jones, I guess. But um, I just feel like the Fields and Lance thing, it's, if, if Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to feel like he – if he feels like he can maximize talent, my gut tells me that would be – if you're talking about getting the most out of both guys, I feel like he would prefer Lance. You know, if you're talking like Kyle Shanahan, the guy with the biggest head in the room, feels like he can just maximize whatever talent he gets. I feel like Lance would be the one he feels like he can get the most out of. But I agree with that. But I agree with the, you, Rob. At this point, like I said, I, I also don't think that there would be some huge discrepancy out of how much success Kyle Shanahan would have with Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. I feel like they would probably both be pretty dynamic with I Kyle Shanahan. But it's just, you know, if you're looking for the highest ceiling, and, and I have me and you know, Crocker talks to all kinds of people that are still in the NFL, and a lot of them have quarterback experience. And he said that, like, three different quarterback kind of coaches he talked to all preferred Lance. So, to me, that says something. You know, yeah. like, it, 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 there's obviously something there, and it's not like it, – it, the talent is there. It's just a matter of whether or not you feel like you're going to provide the guy the biggest the biggest stage to do that on. And I feel like that would be exactly what Shanahan would think. But, you know, that's, yeah. that's it. I I think he's got a little bit of uh 
Like he's he's actually a plus runner with the ball in his hand, and I think you could see that as he evades the pass rush. Like I think he's going to be a guy that's really hard to sack, and I also think he's he throws better. He's better at avoiding sacks than than Fields, and I think he throws better on the run as Fields. But if you're well, just talking I've about seen him run over a linebacker and right. like run over a defensive back to the point where the DB didn't get up, and it's like I mean obviously you still want the pocket presence, but that's something you can't just like discount it. Yeah, I agree. Is Crocker Crocker was at the was at the first one? Did he come back? No. Okay, that's interesting. Is that Gone. so? <laughs> he was not putting up with with my technical difficulties. Hey, I want uh, to address something because this is something yeah. I work in Bay Area Sports Radio. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the pod before, but I work at ninety five seven The Game in San Francisco. Yeah, and um. This comes up a lot on the text line and in phone calls. And I want to address it because Vince Mora was nice enough to bring it up in our chat. So shout out to Vince. He said, I'm legit scared that Kyle's ego will want to take Mac just to prove everyone wrong. That, first of all, sounds like me um, at the Thanksgiving table. Like, I'm going to take the Mac just to prove everybody that I can't <laughs> eat this entire pot of it. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan's ego is not going to want to take Mac to prove people wrong. Because even more than that, he doesn't want to get fired. So what he's going to do is pick the quarterback that he thinks is going to win him like a bunch of Super Bowls so he can uh, not have the two blown Super Bowl leads hanging over his head anymore. That's what I think will satiate his ego more than doing something with Mac Jones. He's not going to go, I love Justin Fields, but you know what? F what everybody else says. I'm taking Mac Jones. Let's just show them. That's ridiculous. And if he does do that, then he deserves to be fired. I agree. If he takes Mac Jones, I think that's that's probably what I'm going to write out of it, is that, you know, like, this was Kyle Shanahan's chance to do something new, and he didn't do the new thing, and now he's going to be subject to, I think, mediocrity, because I think Mac Jones probably going to be a, me- a, a mediocre quarterback. I think. Yeah, and it depends, and maybe, I mean, it maybe depends on the situation, back. too. Maybe he'll be a star. And uh, here's the thing, though, too. Like, I do think Jones is better than a lot of people. Like, is better than he's what the of- consensus says. But I don't think he's like Tom Brady or any other of the elite pocket passers. Like, I think he's probably like Kirk Cousins on a rookie contract. Like, I think that's reasonable. I mean, production-wise. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, and it depends on situation too. Like, if the Jets lose their minds. And take Mac Jones number two, he's gonna have a worse career than if he went to the 49ers at number three. Does that make sense? Yes. Or if the Patriots trade up for him or something like that, like it's. I it's think he could be successful with the Niners, but I think it would not be an inspired pick. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be. Upset. The ceiling, the ceiling is so much higher with 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 Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and I don't think the floor is that much lower with those two. Yeah, and the thing that stood out to me was in the press conference when Kyle Shanahan said, basically, if you were to draw it up, you were to, you would get the biggest, strongest, fastest guy who's also good in the pocket. And to me, like, I could see Trey Lance being that guy, right? And you think about what John Elway was for his dad. He had a rocket arm, really good athlete, and, like, Trey Lance has those things. And so... At first, I could see, and, and this would apply to Fields too, but at first I could see, you know, him, him having to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo to start. I think it would make a lot of sense to have, create some, like, 
special third down red zone packages for him where you could utilize his running, similar to what the Niners did in 2011, the first year they had Kaepernick. You remember he would play down in the red zone and get some running plays. You could do some stuff like that with him and probably expand on, on that. Um, but, and then in 2022, work him in. And I just think his arm is crazy, man. Like he, his arm on these, a lot of these out throws is just like, I think it's, it's as good as it could be, right? Like for uh, just from a pure arm strength, the, the, how quickly he gets it off. Um, that's, you know, that's why I think about Lance, but you know, maybe it's field fields. I don't know. I think Kyle made a good point earlier too, because you guys were talking about the, uh, <laughs> Kyle makes think a lot points. of those. Yeah, he does. Um, a lot of people, like, well, they tried to make a big deal out of the whole people not agreeing in the 49ers, you know, front office about who the, the pick's going to be. And I think that one, that's silly. I feel, feel like they knew who the pick was going to be when they traded up. That's a lot to give up for not knowing what you're doing. And okay. two, it's, it's Kyle Shanahan's choice. Like Kyle said, it's like, are, is anybody else going to tell Kyle Shanahan who he needs a quarterback? Like, no, no, no. Sorry, man. You're going to have this guy and I wish you the best. Like that's, it doesn't matter who disagrees. It's <laughs> the guy with the keys is going to get to choose what he's driving. And it's like, I, it, to me, that just seems so worthless and probably something that didn't come out of the building. Obviously. I agree. Um, I think Rob, that's an excellent point to wrap up on. And, uh, and we're going to shut this down now, but that was, um, yeah, I think that was all valid. Um, I don't, I, I'm going to try to figure out new ways to talk about the quarterback situation as this thing goes on, because we still have more than three weeks left. There's not, there's not any, <laughs> we've covered all the bases. I just don't want to be so there's four the guys. Idea. There's four guys they might take Yeah, and we know the pros and cons of each one. Yeah, I just need to figure out a way to where if it is Mac Jones, I don't have to like get a new job because everybody's just going to destroy me for saying that I don't think it was going to be Mac Jones, but I'm probably not the only one. So just do a like, what if the 49ers pick Mac Jones post and run that hypothetical? You know, that's, you know, it's that way you got your, that's the one base that hasn't been covered. Yeah. I don't think it will be, but hopefully, uh, Hopefully Kyle has my credibility in mind when he makes this. Bro, can you, can you imagine if that, (laughs) if that (laughs) you're like in a conference room with your editor and your editor's editor and you're sitting there watching the Niners draft and they're like, Hey, if this is Jones at the third pick, you're gone, Peterman. You're done. (laughs) Yeah. Either way, I'm going to have to let Shanahan know, like next time I, if we're ever to, able to see them in person again like i'll let him know that he either saved or destroyed my credibility when it when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks for him so yeah let's see what he says he's probably really concerned he's probably really concerned about chris sims credibility too (laughs) the good news is if this doesn't work out it's the last shanahan quarterback you're probably ever going to have to evaluate (laughs) oh good point good point and with that i think that's that's a great way to end it good way to end us on a one-liner call you're welcome all right guys we will uh this will be posted on uh, Tuesday, and then we will record another pod on Thursday to get you guys set for the weekend. I'm sure Kyle has some mastery up his sleeve when it comes to getting more guests. He well, I'm trying. He's been excellent, so fingers crossed. Um, but we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. Subscribe to Candlestick Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you guys later in the week. Bye.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.